these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the you know the thing. And I, mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. Come on, man. So this idea is a bunch of malarkey. my gosh we got a great show ronnie do you think like i keep thinking that with the next president we're not going to have like funny clips to play but we just keep getting more and more stuff right yeah uh, it's pretty it's all pretty funny man <laughs> <laughs> right is that like a do you, is that like an individual thing you do each time yeah well i do, i try to and then i thought i was just thinking as it was playing because you're from Texas, right? So I should have played the uh, George W. Bush Texas one. Oh man, he he had a lot of good ones, bro. Oh my god, he had gosh. a lot of good ones. That one, the one. Oh my god, the one <laughs> where he says it, the old saying: "Fool me once, shame yes. on me." Yeah, you know, you know the one. Won't get fooled again. <laughs> yeah. I I am in yeah. tears every time I hear that one. Yeah, man. Poor guy. He was just <laughs> like he was just getting swallowed up by. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie? Um, uh, the uh, was it the Oliver Stone movie where um Josh or Josh Brolin played him? Oh yeah, played uh, w, w Bush. W. Yeah, really good movie, man. Oh, you so know? good. Actually, made him kind of a sympathetic character, you know. And like, fuck, he was just kind of um at the mercy of a lot of people that were kind of telling him what to do. But yeah, man, I mean, it's the it's the it's the hardest job in the world. I wouldn't want to do it, but. Um, if, if I did have to do it, I got to imagine I would, uh, surround myself with some pretty smart people, you know? Right. And then I don't know, man, it's just, that's just, no one wants that job. No. And why anybody does like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think you kind of, don't you kind of have to be sort of an egomaniac to want it? Oh, for sure. Not to say there's not fantastic presidents uh, from both the left and the right that, that, you know, I just think that they all have to have this massive ego. Oh, yeah. They've got to love themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I I just couldn't. I I couldn't imagine it. And like you said, it made him sympathetic. And I really found myself just feeling horrible for the guy. Yeah, man. Just... Yeah. I don't know, man. It's crazy. I've been so much happier since I've turned off the... uh, Turned off the turned off the news, yeah. you know. Yeah. Turned it all off. Well, that's I mean, all you can uh, do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll check in with some local news. I get my news from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not the best thing. I I presume that if I go to my if I go to the uh, little notifications, uh, that uh, that it, anything that's really that important is people are going to be tweeting about. So yeah, that's true. I try to stay off Twitter. Yeah. Even I don't even like that. Yeah. Oh, Twitter's accessible too. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, Twitter's. It's all bad. I mean, it's all just. It's just a bummer. Like, you know, I'm stealing this from. Uh, I think Joe Rogan, but you know, they, they, there's. It's just not. People aren't meant to. De- aren't designed to talk that way. You know, they're just. Yeah. It's just. Uh, it's not. It's just. It's full on confrontation uh, to some person in the ether with a limited amount of characters. You know. Yeah, and it's given everybody that thinks they need to have an opinion and then attack people. Although I would like to see uh, old Matthew McConaughey. Was, isn't he running for governor or mayor? Or, or oh. what is that? Governor probably, yeah. I think it was governor, I heard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Who doesn't love McConaughey? Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's like, you know, it's, 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 or like The Rock. You know, it's like, you know, you go to these sporting events 
and you get 80,000 people in an arena and they're all cheering for a common purpose and it's there's no one talking politics and you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah. it transcends politics so maybe someone like the rock or matthew mcconaughey transcends politics <laughs> i like that actually that would, yeah i think yeah. that i would like to think it would but just given yeah. in the state of time we're in now i still don't i don't even know no. if that would even you know no 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 i mean and yeah of course and it's you know <laughs> i don't know i don't know i should, I should probably just stop talking now <laughs> No, I like it. Keep going. Keep going. It's good. Well, I, you know, I, I, I think that if current presidents have shown, presidents uh, have shown us anything that it's anyone can really do the job. So maybe I retract everything I say. Maybe, uh, maybe it's, maybe it should just be a job that, you know, maybe that's what we're transitioning to is like a, maybe it'll transition like to like the, uh, the, the royalty in, in England where it's just, it, it's deduced to kind of like a, a, a status symbol. Oh, you know, it's kind of like that now, yeah. you know, yeah. with all the bureaucracy, they pretty much run it. So, I mean, the president yeah. is just the front man pretty much. Yeah. Just but it's all crazy. Cause it's like, like you got like far left and the far right. They're kind of like, they're kind of, they've both gone so far left and right that they're kind of meeting up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, That's true. like the biggest evidence of that is like the, um, the vaccine, you know, I mean, you got, People don't know what to do with the vaccine and COVID, and 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 since the whole thing was politicized, the like you, you, I, I've heard the very similar concerns coming from my very progressive friends that come from uh, you know my my friends on the right. So uh, I mm -hmm. try my best to stay uh, to keep my perspective in the middle. You know, right. Because you're going to piss off someone regardless. But if you can yeah. stay neutral yeah. somewhat, but then you get the ones that get pissed off because you're neutral about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's that, right, right. That's like implicit at that point. Yes, um, you can't but win. Uh, I was all fired up for like five minutes uh, during the Trump administration and I was tweeting about it. And then I, can I cuss on the show? Yeah. Or no? Yeah. yeah. Are we not a cussing show? No, yeah. Go um, yeah. Um, I was fired up for like five minutes and I wrote a few tweets and then someone wrote fuck you or like something like fuck you you fucking idiot and i like like i went and hid in my closet it felt so bad and then it occurred to me like i like i felt like such a like who the fuck am i i'm just some <laughs> asshole actor like i don't want to like not that you know hey people can i i totally respect people's voices i really do um, right. But I, I, I just uh, it, it didn't feel good for to have people coming at me. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tweet about like uh, movies and stuff and maybe retweet. I don't go on Twitter that much, I, you know, and, and I don't get much validation when I do tweet it. Like I get like, like two likes. I'm like, I'm just going to stick with Instagram. Instagram's cool. It seems a little more like, hey, you could see someone's kid or, you know what I mean? So right. I don't do much of any of them. I'll do a little Facebook, but yeah. but, but that's about it. But I, can you write on Instagram or is it just pictures? Yeah. Oh, it's pictures and you can write little captions. It's I mean, it's all. Okay. It's all probably it's all probably shit that we don't need to be doing. And my my son's about to turn five, and he's like all about games on the phone and Plants vs Zombies. Oh, and I don't know how I got to this. I tell myself I don't know how I got to this point, but like when when I look at me and like my wife in bed, it's, it's like we're on our phones. So he probably looks at us and says, "Well, shit, their whole world is in their phone. I want my world to be in the phone." It's all kind of sad, you know. We're going through like a like a slow detox um kind of uh weaning off 
the, but also I, I, he loves the game. So I don't want to take it away from him, you know, uh, entirely. So it's hard to know what to do, man. Right. That's the tough part. I have the same problem. They're about, mine are about the same age and they're, it's like they have so much fun on it, but at the same time, you know, it's probably not the best for them, but then. Yeah, we you know I, I gave it to them. So what what can I do? Yeah, you right. And exactly. Then, like right. you said, they just sit and watch us. So I'm no better. Why can I do it? But they right. can. So yeah, that's a tough situation, yeah. isn't it? Man, it it really is. It really is. Um, but I don't know, man. It's wild. Yeah. So you don't do it much now. But did you, other than the political stuff, have you gotten into any other trouble on social media other than that one time? Mm, yeah, you know, I, I think as long as I stay away from the political stuff, I'm, people are pretty cool. I just don't, I'm, I'm really not smart enough about it, uh, you know, to really like have any strong ideas that I, I, I feel compelled to vocalize, you know? Um, and I feel like, you know, as an entertainer, man, you, you, you're an entertainer to the right and to the left. I don't want to alienate anyone. So wasn't it you know, Michael Jordan um, that said uh, Republicans buy sneakers, too? Yeah. You know, yeah why do I want yeah. Why do I want to screw half of my base right here? Half of my income? Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was also Charles. But it was also Charles Barkley that said, I, I'm not a, I ain't your role model. Role model. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love like, Chuck. Oh, dude, how do you not? I mean, that's like the those guys, I don't know how much they're making on TNT, but they deserve every bit of it. Yeah, it's not enough, probably, whatever it is. Yeah. I heard he was leaving, yeah, are actually. You? Oh, really? I heard. Chuck? Yeah. Why? Because uh, he's afraid of cancel culture. He says he can't have any more fun. So he, he wants to get out while he doesn't have a bad taste in his mouth. Well... Yeah, I I mean I understand how that would be a that would be something that would if he's feeling like he has a certain brand of humor and and mm-hmm. and he's he's having to um, uh, monitor himself and even just like us talking about this I'm like mm, how do I approach this right <laughs> it's scary isn't it oh my God. yeah 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 the reality of it is there's people that deserve to be canceled and yeah fuck them and there's people that deserve to be don't. If they don't, then knock it off. You know, let's just be reasonable. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, have but, you have you noticed you've been in how long have you been acting for? How long have you been in the game for? Well, I've lived in Los Angeles for like twenty years, but I would say that I've um, I've lived in Los Angeles for 20 years, but I, I've really owned, I, I started working like around 2008. A large part of, I guess, that first eight years in, um, in Los Angeles was just, you know, just hustling and, you know, trying to make ends meet and, and sitting in an acting class and trying to learn how to act. And, you know, I, it's not like I was a theater kid. You know, I was just, uh, I was just like, I was, I was more of a kid who, like earlier on, I, I, um, I, I was in love with movies, you know. And then I used to make these home movies with a VHS recorder that my mom had gotten me. And, but but being from Texas, it was not like it was never something I, I didn't even I just thought that that was something that like people were kind of anointed to do in a you know, far, far away place. Right. Um, but when I went to um, I'm, I'm kind of meandering off this question, aren't, aren't I? <laughs> no, um, you're good. But, you're good. Um, OK. And then I went to college and with the intent of just, well, but I, that's what you do. You, you, you graduate and you go and you make money. Right. I never for a second thought or considered the uh, reality that maybe not doing something that I wanted to do um, could affect my happiness. 
And I certainly never considered that it could just be devastating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So that's crazy. Um, so you didn't want to so, be an actor when you were younger. Like you didn't think it was reachable. I didn't even think about it. I, I, I just know that I love to like make these little, uh, home movies. Like, uh, when me and my, my little brother, we, uh, we would make, we made this film attack of the killer Guinea pig, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, but, but I always loved movies, you know? And then, so I went to work for a mutual fund company after college and it was just like this, it was just, just dark. I was like, this is a bummer, man. I don't want my life to be like this, mm-hmm. but it's not like, I was like, oh, well, I, well I, there's always that, that, there's always that acting talent that I had. <laughs> I, I didn't, you know, so I said, I said, I just said like, oh, uh, oh, screw it. I'm going to move to Los Angeles and become an actor. Now, when you're like from like, wow. it's 1999 and you're from Houston, Texas, like mm-hmm. when you, when you tell your like friends and family that you're going to move to LA to be an actor, they're like, they talk about you like, oh, did you hear about Ronnie? <laughs> um, <laughs> they talk about you like maybe not that you're dead but or maybe that it. you like. Yeah, maybe that like I would probably equate it that you like committed like vehicular manslaughter and you're doing like five years <laughs> or that you're like um, that you're like, uh, you know, he had some mental illness and now he's in a home like that's that's right. the tenor they take, you know, which was cool. You know, I mean, which was fine, because to be honest with you, I, I didn't have that much expectation of myself anyway. But the, the thing that was probably the blessing and the curse was that when I went to acting class at like 20 two i uh i was fuck i was like i was like oh this is pretty rad like you know like this is great this is fun you know and i was like so i just said hey i'm just gonna like learn what i'm doing and not put any expectation and just bartend or do whatever and then you know and they said okay this is what i'm gonna do this is where i live this is what i'll do i'll hang out i'll be an artist and you know it took about eight years eight you know eight years and then i started working and then you know, and it's kind of been a, a good upward trajectory with its own ebbs and flows along the way of the upward trajectory since then, you know? You were hustling for eight years. So what were you doing? Were you like bartending, that kind of stuff? Yeah, bartending, waiting tables. There was a there was a period of around like 2003 to 2000, maybe five, that I wasn't, I was, I, I kind of caught up, got caught up in like the, um, the F and B world and started working at this, this place, the standard. And I started managing this restaurant and all of a sudden I was like, Oh yeah, I'm managing restaurants, you know, but I always kind of in the back of my mind was like, well, this is what I'm doing right now. And then I, I had written a film called American cow slip, which we ended up making in 2007. It came out in 2008 and we, we raised like a million dollars and we got this all-star cast and, and I put myself as the lead. And then all of a sudden I had this movie with this footage when this like kind of weird dark comedy with like myself and Val Kilmer and Peter Falk and, um, and, um, and these great, uh, Bruce Dern, like these great actors. And that was kind of the, um, that was really the, the, both like my onset training, you know, Mm-hmm. And it kind of it kind of launched me where all of a sudden I had my agent be like, well, he's, you know, he hadn't done much, but he, he did make this movie in that process because I was playing a, a, a heroin addict. I kind of grew my hair out and I was looking grimy. So I got some headshots done. So I started getting called in for these like guest star spots and the, as these villains and bad guys. And then I started getting hired from that. So that kind of set me down this specific path of, you know, playing um, these kind of uh, characters that live on the peripheral and, you know, 
Right. So. So that's so that launched it all. How did you come about getting it made? So you're writing the script probably as you're as you're working at the restaurant. How does one go from that to getting um, over a million dollars to get this thing funded, and then landing these huge stars in it too with you? Well, it was a different time back then. Um, now, when you make an offer to a star like or to a name, it it it, it kind of has to be a pay or play offer, which means you know you're going to pay them no matter what. But back in the day. You know, up until like 2006, 2007, when we're when we we're producing this film, you could kind of make these offers that were uh, were contingent upon the budget getting there. I mean, you could still do that. You know, it's just not it's it's not taken as serious. Like I think these offers were looked at more back then. So you know, we kind of had some money guys, and 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 we said, you know, hey, how much money would you give us for what names? You know, and like, okay, we'd give you this. And then so we would make these offers to these uh, this talent say, hey, we make a formal offer and say, here's the offer. This is what we're offering for a a week's worth of work or two weeks worth of work and X amount of money. And then, you know, at the bottom, you'd pretty much everything is contingent upon, you know, the financing fall in place. So we're kind of like presenting that it was further along to both both the agents and the financiers. Not too different than how the game's played now, really. Um, But you can kind of get called out for bullshit. I think you're more inclined to get called out now. But um, so so we did that, you know, we just found the right financiers and and uh, and kind of just put the whole thing together. It was a really good script. It was uh, a little it was just weird and it worked. And we and we kind of got these these um, names that, you know, some of them were um, were getting on in age. So maybe they weren't getting the offers that they probably deserved. You know, we got Val Kilmer when he was kind of going through a little bit of a you know, uh, you know, you can get these guys when they're kind of cooling down a little bit, you know? Mm. Um, so, so we just put it together, man. It's, it's always something. And I, I've since produced uh, a few films and only a, a handful, like three, I think. And then it's always something that you just kind of do piecemeal, you know, mm. like, I know it's a hokey analogy, but you know, you're, you're at the base of the, the mountain and you just kind of go a little bit up, you do a little bit, you do a little bit. When you get to the top, you're like, Oh wow, that, that that's pretty impressive. I, I'm not sure how I did all that. You know, right. I also had some, some partners that were more proficient at producing and, and kind of knew what they were doing. So I was more of the, the creative and they were more of the um, pencil pushers, you know? Right. What does what exactly is the producer responsible for? So I did stand up for um, a couple different shows and there was a a deal in place. And this completely ruined the whole illusion for me. There was a deal in place where a couple of the guys said, "Okay, you know, you can (laughs) I don't want to call. I don't know how to say this. Well, maybe I can cut it out. You can use my club, but I get a I get a producer credit for it. Or you can use my venue, but I get a producer. And they didn't do anything. For it, you sure. know? So what exactly yeah. does a producer do? Well, I think, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I mean, everything really. I mean, yes, there are producers that can kind of get the title by not doing a lot, but even not doing a lot, you can be very instrumental. You know, if you're, if you're the money, you know, oh, uh, right. if you're the, the, the money, you're going to be an executive producer or if you find the money. You know, it's really all about what you negotiate and you're going to be an executive producer. Now that you're, you're not doing like uh, maybe you didn't do much beyond the introduction between the creatives and the the financiers, but it's pretty, it's pretty damn important, you know, and, and the whole thing couldn't have happened without that person. So, 
they've earned their stripes as the producer. But what I am more responsible, I'm more of a creative guy. Listen, I'm not going to sit down and, and and write like budgets and and whatnot. That's more of a line producer. A line producer might do that, like do the schedule. I mean, that's that's really like if you want to talk about like who actually puts together the film, it's really the line producer because they're creating the budget, they're creating the schedule. They're coordinating everything, you know, recording flights. They're making sure that you're working hand in hand with like locations and costumes and everyone else. But, you know, you're also a producer if you're coordinating. Since I don't do that stuff, if I'm putting together a movie, I just get get the people that have been there before and that know what they're doing, you know. So when I when I like in my ideal scenario, if I'm producing a film, I'm, I think I'm more of the creative producer. So that's more just kind of being there and and uh contributing I, I don't know it's 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 just it's just you're, you're still just showing up every day and making sure everything goes smoothly and you know right but um, they're just making sure but, everything runs according and gets whatever is needed type of thing yeah and then you know and then depending on your 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 director i mean it, it really is a collaboration you know yeah and and the edits the the, the whole when you when you when you wrap the film and you start editing the film, that's a whole other thing. It's really a collaboration, you know. And it's it's sometimes you cut the film together and it's a disaster, you know. And it's like, oh shit, what have we done? But it, it takes nuancing and it takes like, it takes just consistently showing up and being honest with each other and with yourself and killing your ego and asking the right questions and. And ultimately, I, you know, I, I, we, we're really only serving one God as filmmakers, and that's to try to make the best film possible. And if you're letting other influences eke in, trying to get, trying to keep, you know, uh, your nephew you gave a part to or trying to get the song of, you know, your cousin who's a aspiring vocalist, you're not really you're not you're not really being true to the, the the project i mean unless the unless the song is the nephew is a strong performer or the song is uh is is so perfect that it has to be used mm-hmm. but if if those are the things that you're pushing for above and beyond trying to get to the bottom of what's going to make the movie the best movie possible and frankly i don't like i don't even think you really deserve to be making films you know um, because at the end of the day this is someone's money that we're using and most independent films they don't they don't make money so if you're not earnestly trying to just make the best product possible then from my vantage point you don't deserve to be making films and i've 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 gone down that road with some producers and produced with some people that like they, they kind of talked a big game, but at the end of the day, they didn't really want to make a movie. They just wanted to. They wanted to say whatever. They were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just wanted to be be close to the action. Maybe they wanted to make someone a star. You know what I mean? It's just right. it's it's fine. It's just not what it's. I I just I, because I'm an actor first, and I have the privilege of working with some of the great uh, producers and some of the great directors. I, they don't do that. You know, listen, right. Steven Spielberg has seven kids. There's a reason that they're not in any of his movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, maybe they are, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, he had, he had, he had, uh, because he's, he's a, he's a pure, he's a filmmaker, uh, tried and true, pure filmmaker. So right. that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff that I want to uh, be involved with, you know? Yeah. I've actually, so you said something a second ago when I've heard this, by, I talked to a bunch of guys that have, made movies like I haven't made any movies one of them told me he's done several and he said 
Like we can film the best movie in the world and then we get to editing and yeah. then it's horrible. Like, have you ever had that happen? Just turns out like shit. And you're like, this is not what we made. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a hard, that's one thing I love about it. It's just so hard to do. It's so right. hard to make a good movie. You know, it, right. I think it really takes a very specific vision from a director and, you know, those uh, good directors are few and far between, you know, but, and sometimes what you're doing is, you know, listen, you're either on a broad spectrum, you're usually dealing with one thing that you can never allow is performance issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we just won't allow that. There's no use for that because, because no one should have gotten past, gotten to that point, you know what I mean? Where they're put in a movie. So that that's one thing that we can't for, forgive you know uh sound is up there aesthetic is actually it's not as high as as you would think because listen if it, if it's a compelling story with characters that are telling the truth mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's shot on an iphone we're going to be engaged you know i think first and foremost you have to have a, a a really good script you have to have strong actors it has to mean something i like a plot driven movie as next as as much as the next guy but my favorite movies um kind of do that dance between plot and um, something else, something more meaningful, you know, and there's a lot of different ways to go to get there. It's, it's, you know, uh, someone, maybe it was Kubrick said, it's not, it's not the think of the thing. It's the feel of the thing, you know? So it's hard to, Oh wow. That's good. Yeah. And that's true. Right. It's like when we're thinking about, when we're thinking about it where it's not working, but it's sometimes like, it's like golf, you know, you're overthinking it. Your swing's going to be lousy, but if, if you sometimes you just feel it, you don't know what you did. Right. And um, I don't know, man. It's 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 hard. And right. I, I know that if if it was easy, then everyone would do it. But yeah. you know, you try to control as many of the elements as you can, because a lot of them are going to get away from you. You know, and yeah. and sometimes you go in the editing bay, and some things are working, and some things are don't, or maybe it's cool, but it's dragging a little bit. You got to tighten it up, or you know, it's yeah. there's there's and that's another thing, like a good, a good editor is, is just as good as a, a, a good director. But this day and age, if they're doing it right, the editor is going to be there on set with you uh, editing as you shoot. You want to make sure you get a good editor. So how do you make sure you get a good editor? You go to some movies you like and you hire that editor, you know, um, yeah. everyone wants to work, man. You know, I stay pretty busy as an actor, but sometimes it's on some super cool stuff. And sometimes it's not, it's on some stuff that maybe, maybe the filmmakers might've been inclined to think, Oh, do you think we can get Ronnie? And, and they called and I was like, yeah, man, I'm not doing anything. Uh, So at the end of the day, we gotta, (laughs) we gotta feed, we gotta feed the family. So, um, so So obviously, cause you've been in, according to IMDB, you've been in over a hundred movies and TV shows combined. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's insane. First of all. And then second, obviously you've mastered getting through the audition. How do you get past the audition process? Obviously not many people have gone through it. Can you explain yeah. kind of the audition process, what you have to do? Cause it is excruciating. Well, um, it looks a lot different now than it does before COVID and even before COVID it was already trending this direction. But all things being equal, you know, uh, and up until a couple of years ago, you would have to, you know, they'd send you the sides and you would go in the sides being like a, uh, like uh, maybe a scene from your part. And then you'd go in and, and, and perform the audition. You'd read with the reader, you know, that's a whole other like 
technique, but but effectively, you just you know, you, it just takes a, a lot of repetition and, and a lot of falling on your ass over the years. And ultimately, you just want to go in there and tell the truth, be honest, and and make some interesting choices. You know, it's not like you're starting from zero for every time you go in. I mean, you've been doing it for a lot of years. You get fans and, and fans in the casting community and fans that are filmmakers. So I'm. I'm fortunate enough to where I don't always have to audition, you know, a good portion of the time that I'll get offers. Oh, that's um, nice. And then, yeah. And and then even, you know, and, and then even when the times that I do have to audition, which might be for like a bigger show or a movie, oftentimes I, I, I'm getting support from the casting directors who we're all in a community and we've all grown together. They've seen you fall on your ass. They've seen you succeed. You're around long enough. You're going to get some good people that are rooting for you, you know? So it's about stringing together enough wins over the course of a fiscal year to be able to put food on the table. And, and you know, and then there's momentum. Your exposure gets raised and, and uh, you know, people start to know you that you can do this thing. And then it's, you know, listen, it's not, you know, it's it's not something that usually happens overnight or even over the, over the course of a few years, you know, it's the actors to me that are the most interesting people have just been just doing it for so many years, you know, that they just, right. they're seasoned, man. They're just, you know, but it's fun. So this day and age, it's more of you're putting yourself on tape. And, and the luxury in that is before when you're going into the audition rooms, you might've only had a few shots at doing it, but now you can just keep doing it and doing it and do it until you get the perfect audition, you know? It sounds like it's not as uh, vulnerable, I guess, as it used to be. Yeah, I like it a lot more. You know, you never know how your nerves are going to treat you, you know, because because mm-hmm. when you're an actor, you know, listen, you can like if you're a, a pianist, if you know how to you know play the chords because you've done it a thousand times, you can kind of sit in there hung over and like, you know, and, and not feeling great. And you can get through the piece as the actor. The instrument is our body. So it's it's like maybe you kind of you show up, you have a headache one day. Maybe you just don't feel like acting. Maybe you're just, maybe you're losing your voice. You know, you got to keep your instrument tight, but yes, I think, I think with, with the way it is these days with putting the auditions on tape, it's, I prefer it much more because, because then I just, I I take full responsibility of my wife is my reader. You know, she's an actress. Like, okay, we're just going to keep doing this until we get it right. You know, and, and we do. And, you know, COVID was rough for everyone. And, and, most most of us didn't work for a year, but but this year there's been I, I was always predicting there's gonna be a renaissance and and sure enough, I think the, the film and TV renaissance is upon us, you know? Yes. And as a movie and TV lover, it is like like manna from the heavens falling down on me. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it too, man. <laughs> Did you not film during the pandemic? Because you just had like a flurry of movies drop that you're starring in. And you didn't do anything I, in the pandemic? No, I did. I did. I just didn't work for most of it. I okay. would say that I was working on the show Animal Kingdom like in March. Oh, and then I love that show. We, yeah, and then we finished up just in the nick of time. And then I had on the books reshoots for Death in Texas and Conjuring 3. Those were supposed to be like in June of 2020, but all that got pushed back. So I think there's a good a portion of a good like maybe five or six months when I didn't work. And then the fall came, you know, the union started wrapping their head around how to actually shoot a movie during COVID. And then I did a, a couple of things, you know, I did a, I, I was able to go back and do the reshoots for Conjuring 3. I was able to do the reshoots, a couple of day reshoots on on Death in Texas, and then I think I did like a couple of days on a Channing Tatum movie. 
So it was it was not a busy year, but I was able to get a little work in there. So they were pretty much Death in Texas and Conjuring. Were they pretty much done when the pandemic hit? You just had the reshoots to do. Yeah, yeah. From what I understand with the with the, the Conjuring movies, they 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 always do reshoots, right? They know that they're always going to do reshoots because they do the the model of okay, they shoot what they got, they show it to test audiences, and then you know they get feedback, and then and they do reshoots based oh, on yeah. Oh, so that's that. from what my understanding, they they always do that. So yes, yeah, so that was that was on that was kind of on the books early on it just kept getting pushed back you know so we've, we were finally able to because there was all these false releases for the conjuring three mm-hmm. and then finally they just pushed it back like a whole year because they couldn't get those reshoots so finally i think we reshot it like in january i think where did you shoot the conjuring three it's the devil made we, me do it is that one atlanta atlanta peachtree city okay georgia was, effectively that was a cool show i gotta tell you because this was just so surreal so so i watched death in texas i didn't know anything about it it okay. popped up on the new releases okay so let me ask you this you yeah, pop yeah, it yeah. up did it pop up like uh was it buried in the new releases do you remember it was not it was like the second one in it was it was like the second or third one in. I'll when I go uh, in here, I'll check and I'll send you a picture if it's still on there. But it was like the second cool. or third one in there. Right. So I rent it and I watch it and I loved it. Right on, dude. Man. It was awesome. I loved it. So and then the next day, uh, so I, I send you a message and then I start the Conjuring. Wow. Without knowing, wow. so I start it wow. and no joke. No joke. The first scene that you popped up in, my phone goes off, and it was a text from you. No that was joke. amazing. It was. Man. It, I love that, dude. It was unbelievable. It was like the. It was. That's so cool. It was really surreal. But anyway, I had. To, <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, I had to tell you that. It's, that was it's super crazy. cool. It's 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 so it's so hard to get momentum as an actor. You know what I mean? To like right. to really get enough momentum to move the needle. You know what I mean? But right. it helps. It really helps when you have two things that are coming out on the same day. You oh, know, dude, has um, that ever happened before? That, uh, that's unbelievable. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, but, um, but it was great, man. It was, it was, um, and, and kind of two entirely different things. And, uh, and it, 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 it was really something, man. And, and it's helped, man. It's helped sustain me and uh, keep working, you know? So, right. um, and I bet, and it so helps uh, that they were both awesome too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I, I think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to individual stock is a hard thing to gauge. Cause it's not like you can go check out like what Google's doing at the NASDAQ, <laughs> you know, right. um, the only measuring stick is like, as my, as my agent, calling me this week are there any offers and there there has been and there was and it's it's hard for me not to believe that it 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 probably had something to do with just having a couple cool things with uh high exposure coming out at the same time you know right so that's how you can gauge it pretty much as if you're getting calls after yeah and then sometimes you do like really cool stuff and you know, everyone's reaching out, but it doesn't, it doesn't always translate to a job, you know, but 2021 has been just kind of a blessing. I'm just going to keep riding it, man. <laughs> Dude, you've got to. It's, yeah. it's, that's pretty incredible. I want to talk about the conjuring. Did you know about this third one? It's of, of course, Ed and Lorraine Warren. It's a continuation yeah. of what they do, but do you know much about them? Did you know much of the story going yeah. into it? Oh, well, I, you know, I'm, I, my wife and I were big conjuring 
fans of the conjuring wanting too. we we love horror films so we were yeah we were totally fans man so we were um yeah i knew all about them i had worked with the producer of the conjuring films on another film called within when the conjuring 3 came out and the role was you know up for grabs and i think the uh i think the kind of stars aligned you know uh, again like uh, kind of going back to our, our previous conversation it gets it's it's not like you're always starting from zero. You know what I mean? You've, you've been doing it for a while. You know you know people. So all of a sudden you're up for something. Like if I'm up for something. I'm going to audition for something. Mm-hmm. You know I could see. Oh wait, I know this producer. You know like you know. So it's like you, just like anything else. I mean you still got to generally turn in the audition that 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 would will ultimately book the job. But it always helps to you know to have worked with someone before and to have done good work with them before. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Did anything happen while you were filming it? You always hear about these legends, you know, of these true stories being made into movies, but then something crazy happens on set. Did you guys have any experiences filming? Yeah, Vera said she had some a few things happen to her. Um, she always feels... I feel like, uh, uh, like the dynamic between Patrick and Vera is like she... I think she's all in on like the lore. She's all in on spirits, the, the you know, oh. lightness, darkness. I think she's like, oh yeah, dude. She's and then I think Patrick's more of the cynic. But I think okay. Vera had a few things happen to her. I didn't have anything really on set. I, I had this one thing that happened before I had left um, for the Conjuring Three. Um, that you know, nothing on set. Nothing on set. Nothing so, on set. Well, well you yeah. got to you got to tell what happened. Oh, no, you can't leave it there. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. So it was the day that I was going to leave the Conjuring to mm-hmm. shoot the first time, not the reshoot. 